0: Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charu podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. All right. So before I introduce today's guest, I just wanted to give you guys a brief idea about why this podcast has been arranged and what is happening. So I started uh, this kind of a discussion with Drishti, where we spoke about Hinduism for a British lens. So the reason for these discussions is that I always wanted to showcase a variety of views when it comes to Hinduism and Hindus. And uh, because what is What tends to happen is because unlike maybe other religions, maybe with Judaism and also with Hinduism, there tends to be a concentration of a lot of Hindus in India. So a lot of times what happens is what Hinduism or the views on Hindus in general seems to be too India centric. And I think that's unfair on Hindus across the globe because Hindu diaspora is wide. It's all over the globe and it's diverse. So this series is going to be me talking to Hindus from across the world of different ethnicities, uh, different backgrounds, different nationalities. And in that process, I'm very happy to have Mukunda Raghuwan with me. Mukunda, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, Gushal. How are you? I'm, I'm good. So Mukunda, let's start like this. Why don't you tell everybody a bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so
1: I am, uh, I guess, in this hyphenated word world today. I'm Indian-American. I was born in India, um, in Chennai to be, or Madras to be exact. Um, and came to the U.S. when I was two months old, right? So um, I, I still get upset at my parents for having me born in India because I can never become president of the United States, right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck. I can't become president of India. I, can't, I I mean, Prime Minister of India, not Prime Minister of U.S. So no, um, it's, so I grew up in the U.S. Uh, basically, for all purposes, you know, like in my neighborhood, I was the only Indian kid, um, you know, for pretty much in school, let's say starting from like preschool all the way to uh, – high school except for my sisters right you know like so um i grew up with in in my school life always knowing i was very different right i was vegetarian i was br- brown i mean there's a lot of brown skinned people here too but there's like mexicans like hispanics but they don't speak you know my first language is Tamil in canada so we would speak Tamil in canada even on the playground and we would get um my sister and i would just be t- attached to the hip because we didn't know english until probably like like I guess preschool. Right. So, um, Mm. so just this entire, my entire life was just knowing I was different in every context. Right. The one thing that was, I do find interesting is like, my identity was more around this Hindu-ness than it was really about Indian-ness. So like we would, you know, go to Bihar, go to, uh, temple, Mandir, um, spend time. Uh, my dad's really religious. Right. So he taught me from a very young age, you know, like, stotras like Vishnu Saraswama, so all these like different stotras, like probably dozens of stotras so we used to pray every day and and all this other stuff um but i mean for me i think really what it came down to is like in my i guess my high school years um i kind of like hated being hindu right because at some point you just get beaten down in the u.s right like indiana jones and temple and duba come out the only only experiences that people had of like India or Hindus were Kali ma you know uh, uh, that entire uh, visage and then like uh, you know monkey brains and and Gandhi and then the bindi you know like people like it was just it was just constant like the vegetarianism like people would I remember this case in high school right um everyone the I played American football so I was like the I was a small uh, a feisty kid playing American football in high school and we were like a very good team um during lunch I would I would have like vegetarian food, right? Cause my parents would make me like my mom would give me lunch and I bring it home. And I recall like when I was eating my sandwich and I put it down for a sec, some, some guy came in and tried to sneak in like beef into my, to my sandwich. So when I ate it, like, like I took a bite into it. I'm like, what the, what the hell? And it was, there's beef in it. And normally it was like a grilled cheese and I didn't see cause I turned away or something. I remember people would do that kind of stuff cause they would, they would want to see like if, they can push your boundaries of like what your religion is. Right. You know, we worshiped a cow apparently. And, and we were, you know, the caste system, to be honest, the caste system fully, I learned about it first in high school, right. Like in in school when we had a class on Hinduism, right. Like, so, and I remember going, like going back to my parents and be like, I mean, like I knew growing up, I was Iyengar, but I didn't know what that meant. In, in relation to anybody else, right? It was just like, oh, you are Iyengar, You know, we we practice this, we worship this. Like, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then, like in high school, suddenly I go, and then they're like, well, India has a caste system, and I was like, I don't think it does. <laughs> like all the Indians I know growing up, because we, my dad was part of like Kanada Kuta and Thamal Sangam, and all these associations of different communities. Um, no one, I've never come across anyone talking about like caste or jati or any of that stuff right like i like we had many friends that were red d's i didn't know what a red d was i just knew that, that that was their name i we we had we had friends that were other uh communities we didn't know i didn't know any of that stuff right like so it's it's like for example even when i had my upanayam, um i had it done in india like no one in america knew what what that was like even my friends from the india side like my Indian friends didn't, I didn't tell any of them. Like, hey, I had my uh, Janoi or open item. Like, I didn't think they would know what it was. So it just felt like this really familiar insular thing, nothing to do with the larger society. Um, but it did strike me that when I learned about it in high school, like, I had to take a step back, and and then like I think I I spent the next few years like really being kind of distanced from my own tradition and religion because I was uh, I was like, oh, oh, that's kind of messed up. Right, you know, and I don't know, I've already been discriminated against, or I mean, let's just I don't want to say discriminated against, but I'll say more like I've been um the word here is like made fun of and all this other stuff for years. I don't need to add this other thing to my plate, so I just kind of like steps distance myself from like Hinduism and India and whatever. And it wasn't until college, I think I really started studying myself when I learned Sanskrit. Um, and I learned a couple of languages and then kind of really sent, spent time in the text and then uh, started learning more about the, not just spirituality, but like the history and the tradition that really, like, I started to feel very happy, proud. I mean, I, again, not the word proud, very uh, knowledgeable about the tradition and being able to speak about it and, and, and kind of like live it. So, I mean, this is very brief. There's a lot more, but, you know, we, we don't need to get into this monologue here.
0: This is your show. <laughs> So so let's talk about this. So when it comes to identities, right? So yeah. obviously so in my case, the experience is very different. So when you're born and raised in India, you you kind of uh you don't need to analyze your Hindu identity so much. So I'll 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 give you my case. So yeah, when I moved to Canada to study, that was the first time in my life that I experienced my Hinduness a lot more. Now, yes, somebody can say when did you first identify? And everybody who's in you know 80s kid will say yes 1990s ramjan movie movement was the first time where yes we as uh, hindus started asserting our identity that's all good but i'm just talking about in a pop culture way or in just Mm -hmm. a general sense because what happens in is in india is sometimes i don't know because you're the majority and it's so normal that you you don't you you experience Hinduness in a very normal way like i live in a house that is just opposite a temple or where i was born there was a temple just near the house and there was a jain you know uh ashram there too but the jain are there too so it's very normal so you don't experience your Hinduness or your jain or your sikh identity so much mm-hmm. but when i went to canada i suddenly realized that i live in a whole new world where you know the the essence of the race on death was christianity yeah and that's when i actually started understanding i'm a hindu far better now in your case it's like different you you're, you're I mean, other than being born in India, you're pretty much raised in America. Like you said, you're just a couple of months old when you went to America. Now, so so so, how did you analyze when you analyze yourself? What part of you would you say was the American and what part of you was the Hindu? I'm not even using the word Indian. I'm using the word Hindu here. And this is where like this is a weird,
1: I mean, I used to think I, I think probably when I was uh, maybe like even ten years ago, like the liberal part of me was was American, and the the more like uh, religious part of me was like, or the traditional part of me was Indian. But you know, like those those kind of uh, Hindu uh, those categories are out the window. The more I got into learning more about the traditions and the texts, it just it didn't make sense. And then on top of it, like it's not like America is a bastion of liberalism in the entire world, right? It's um, we do have the Republican Party in many ways and and other issues that are much more, I mean, conservative, you know, like India is not conservative. I mean, in the sense of politically conservative, right? I mean, U.S. is. Um, but I will say this, right? Like being the part of me that I, I think was most American and the way I would describe that now is, um, I mean, I think obviously my accent, even when I speak yeah, you know, like if I speak Hindi or Tamil now, it's uh with an American accent, you know. Um, so that probably that, and then I would say, um, you know, probably um the cosmopolitanness. To be honest, like uh, I, I think that's something that 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 do does come from living in America. Is especially as someone from my background, is you're constantly on your back foot. Like, this is one of the reasons why I, I did move to India for two periods of my life, right? During college, I moved for one year to Delhi. And then later on in life, probably five years ago, I moved for another two years to Bangalore. Um, at some point, you're just tired of always look looking different and having to explain your difference uh, to everyone around you, right? So this is this is honestly America. This is the problem with this much of this hyphenation Indian American, Chinese American. It, it is... Your Americanness is is preempted in some sense by your ethnicity. you know like it, it's like you're you are American, but you're a little bit less than because you happen to be Indian, right? You, even though people love to say it's a melting pot, you know there it's a melting pot of of um, what I would say is um, of when you actually lose your Indianness in some sense because you have to become more white version, whitewash version of Indian African American, whatever you want to call it to be part of mainstream culture. Right. Like if, if I were to tell people like, Hey, you know, like uh I, you know, I do, I do prayers for like an hour a day or two hours. They'd be like, you're insane. Right. You know, like you're, and I don't do that. I know people that do. Um But it's just, there's things about like my tradition and my culture that you have to kind of dumb down a little bit for, for Americans. Um, Cause otherwise they're, they have difficulty dealing with it Um in, in terms of, they don't understand it. Like no, I was watching a show, like, uh, what was it called? Uh, Made in Heaven, about, like, like someone marrying a tree, right? You know, like, you know what they do when when, when a girl is a mongolik, uh, in, in mongolik or something? Oh, yeah, but, that's what I showed yeah. I
0: did apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so how, like, people, they're like, oh, that still happens? I'm like, I, I understand it looks crazy to you, but, like, we do a lot of crazy things in the U.S. too. Like, sports players will wear the same piece of underwear for every game because they think it's lucky i mean we live we're all superstitious beings at some level um and i think like in india the way people a lot of people think about this is like hey you know it's not that big a deal we'll just do something and move on with our lives right it's just such a minor thing i think in in the u.s everything is made to be bigger than it is um because everything has to have some issue especially nowadays with like um some political statement right And, and that to me is is a little jarring um in that context but but getting back to your question this is America today, and I think this is America and my Americanness is like trying to look at everything in a political lens. And I think that also is problematic. Maybe that's happening now in India too.
0: No, but so here's my follow-up to that. So yeah, because it happened, at least in my wife's case, that my wife used to have that thing. She's Indian and she used to find it very offensive when I used to say, no, you're Canadian. She used to find it extremely offensive when I said that. Yeah. And then when she moved to India, she realized she was Canadian. <laughs> She, yeah. She, she realized she was so different uh, than all of us. She's like, oh, now I know why you used to call me. So, did you experience that when you moved to India, like for no. two years? No. Um,
1: I did not. I did not. Like, for me, like, India did feel very homely to me um, for a variety okay. of reasons. One, it just, you, I blend in. Like, obviously, like, I blend in everywhere. Like, you can't, except for the fact I'm taller and, and maybe like a little wider, um, you know, but uh, it just, I blend in everywhere. Um, And that was really nice to me because like when I would go to, except for when I open my mouth, right? You know, like my Hindi is like really messed up and American accent. And so when I was learning Hindi and I lived in Delhi, you know, people would always be like, you know, oh, you're American. I would would have to lie and say I'm actually from Madras, right? Um, But they would look at me and they think I'm Punjabi, right? Because I apparently have Punjabi features. um, uh, And, but I would have to say I'm Madrasi. Um, and then they'll be like, okay, okay. and they give me better deals? Like when you, ha- when you uh, ha- handle, um, but no, I-, I felt at home in India in many ways. Um, so India is so fascinating to me because it depends on where you go. Like, again, like I-, I imagine like in the bigger cities I'm at home, but like smaller towns, probably not, you know, like if, you know, like I, I-, I spent a few weeks in places like Srinangam or, you know, um, other small towns across India. I spent like a month in the Himalayas, um, you know, without much, Uh, electricity and stuff, Um, but it's a a different world, but it it does feel like people are nice, they're caring, they're, it's not the same thing you get in the US in in the sense of like, like neighbors would invite you over, you know, to eat and to be part of their families when you're in their neighborhood so there's something very homely about India that can even make a foreigner feel at home, Um, and I think in that sense, no but in, in the sense of like there be things of modern conveniences, obviously, that you'd be like, okay, that's not um, something that uh, that that makes me feel like. For example, India. I always say this about India. India is all about um, all about comfort, right? It's comfort over convenience. Like you can have a driver, you can have a maid, you can have um, all these other things, but like the ability to move around is a little less restricted uh stores and restaurants and all these other places are open uh you know they close sooner it's just there's the convenience of just walking down the street or driving down the street to pick up groceries is not as uh prevalent in india from what i could tell compared to what it is in like u.s you know like i can go to whole foods or something at 12 o'clock at night to get food in india you know you can't do that right it's, it's comfort over convenience in many ways um but but culturally no i felt very much at home in india um i i always felt a little i would say this a little more off in the us sometimes just because of the emphasis on race is so much and again because i'm not i don't know much about caste when i go to india maybe maybe other people that know about caste that live caste have a different experience in india than i do like for me i just feel like i'm an indian when i go there right or i'm i'm no one no one asks about my caste no one again i don't know right so maybe and i don't think people in y- india care about the caste of people of people coming from the us
0: so m- maybe that's it too could be but but see here's the difference okay now we come into the hinduism aspect now yeah. i'll tell you where i found the difference for when i moved outside india this is my experience i'm not saying there is some great uh, scientific survey done or anything for yeah. me what i used to feel is that the Hindu identity for a Hindu outside India was more pronounced because I guess that is the minority syndrome. Mm. I don't know how yeah. to say it. Yeah. And also the role of the temple was very different from what I understood outside India. The role of a temple, at least for Hindus in India, has, I am not saying for everyone, but in a very large way, has been kind of reduced to a place of worship, mm. not a community hall. But but what I noticed when I went outside India yeah you know the temple played a very key role in a in a Mm -hmm. in a major way and the temple was a driving force for the community like you it's not just a temple what i've seen in north america is that temples and a community center a lot of weddings are done right there in the temple, people just book the hall or the banquet hall and they tend to do the wedding there. And then maybe yeah. they can have a reception somewhere else. But what I have noticed is the weddings are always done in the hall by the temple. It's just convenient, right, for the rituals and everything. So because the pundit doesn't have to travel, because in India, the pundit travels, it's very easy. So there yeah, yeah. are small differences. And the nature of Hinduism in America or in Canada was very different than the nature of Hinduism in India. In India, the, the, the Hindu experience or the way Hinduism has become is because this is my land, this is my thing, I'll do it. And it evolves in a very different way. While while the nature of Hinduism in America was very different, I am a minority in a majority Christian land. I am in a system in the West where everything is in, in, in a certain organized manner. Yeah. And the reflection of Hinduism also stems from that cultural experience. where I'm not saying like... Just like you know, the wedding is done in the church, but everything else is done outside, right? In, in the case of majority of wedding, I'm not saying they're only done in the church. I'm saying a lot of weddings still happen in the church, but then they'll go out and they'll have that party outside. They'll book a hall and and they have a reception. So this is what I noticed. So so if I was to ask you how 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 is Hinduism in America different from Hinduism yeah. in India than to you?
1: So so this is where there's I think this is a, a tale of two two. Two communities here right there and I say this um there is the the immigrant community from India versus the second generation community or third generation mm. in that sense right so I think you're on point for generation coming from India where the temple um becomes the source of their their cultural matrix where it's like the, the fulcrum right they they come there they 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 have the community centers there they want to get married there the weekends they go to temple uh, and, the, and, and they do all this stuff, right? Because this is where it happens. My generation, like, it, the only time I think we tend to go to temples on the whole is when we were kids, right? Like, our parents would take us, right? Like, most people I know, from my generation, uh, it's the second generation, have not, do not go to temple at all, right? Like, this, again, is dependent upon community. kadratis these. We'll go to temple a lot during the time of Navratri because that's where they hold uh garba, right? Garba and Ras. So that is like, for example, there's a temple close to our house. Um, I mean, close to where I live called Sananthan Dharma temple in like Shritos. Um, and that is a good primarily like a Gujarati, uh like a Patel and Bhakta temple, right? So during Navratri time, it's second generation's all there with their. Their children to do Garba. but on the whole, like you know, when I went to um, to the temple for Navratri the past couple of years, I would go in, um, and the people doing the the homas or or part of the, the 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 all that stuff would be not my generation, but the older the the immigrant generation. Not just the older people that like my parents, but people are just coming post two thousand. Um, into the United States, right? So there is that demarcation. So I would say like for us, my generation, like again, we're not very much in touch with Hinduism outside of, hey, like let me just say I'm Hindu to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. like people most people don't practice and for Diwali or these festivals, you know you have instead of going to the temple or something, you have people over at your house and you have a party, right? you know it's it's secularization of a lot of these also these these festivals. Where um, that's, I think, for my generation. For the the immigrant generation and my parents' generation, it's, uh, it's a true festival, right? You're there to celebrate uh, a particular story or a particular message or a particular idea. And it's sacred. Like, it's just not a holy day in the vein of Halloween, which I think my the second generation Americans have created it to be like this Halloween-ish kind of uh, event where, you know, as funny as this sounds like, you know, that episode of the office, I don't know if you've ever seen it where uh, Michael Scott goes to the Diwali party and he has like that paper mache head and he tells his girlfriend, they're going to Diwali party. It's a costume party. And she comes as a cheerleader. That's what Diwali feels like (laughs) in
0: America. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. And look, I, what happens is a lot of times people have misconceptions. Uh yeah. And I, I I was one of them too, where I did not understand. I think it's very funny because I can understand what you're saying is because for for me also in India, I, I was not a temple going Hindu to be very uh, yeah. even when I was an Astika I was not a temple goer. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I would only go to the temple in my house or outside is when my parents would give me the instruction. I was just another kid who probably was interested in playing cricket that 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 was my sole focus of my life but but then let's talk about this difference that you spoke about this is you know second generation or third generation in many cases americans and and the ones who have just gone to america migrated maybe they're on a green card or a h1b visa or they've just naturalized right now maybe in the last 10 20 years and for a while now there are this there is another thing that i've found very different in them is that um, their politics also is very different, first of all. And I know this this discussion is not about politics, but sure. for some odd reason I believe that, you know, politics and culture and politics and religion are intertwined. So to say they, you know, to separate the two is actually lying to oneself uh, in a very weird way. So, so how much would you say has this Hindu identity and this Hinduness kind of also been playing a role v- uh, when it comes to politics within the diaspora? Because I have not understood this. Now, now I, I do see a rift. I I I'm sorry, I'll not use the word drift. I would say a difference of opinion cropping up mm-hmm. between within the American Hindu diaspora at least, where I think the ones who are gone from India now, they're now starting to lean Republican. And the the ones probably where you say your variety they are still by and large you know pretty much in the democrat camp and is that partly to do with the overall american cultural experience where american life is so secularized that that what happens is when you tend to stay there long enough you tend to imbibe those values and then the religiosity reduces and then you automatically go to the left yeah
1: i i, I think uh so this is a very interesting phenomenon. And I actually like have been trying to observe it and think about this for a while now. Cause I, I do think you're right. Like ultimately culture, religion, you know, uh, politics, I mean, society, you really can't separate these. I mean, at, at the core, it, it, they're all threads that, that that feed into your identity and your sense of like place in the world. Um, and your in the way you think about the world too. Right. So I would say like, so Speaking from my generation's perspective, and again, this is anecdotal and, you know, take it for what it's worth, um, mm-hmm. is by and large, I see most people, second generation and third generation Indian Americans, to be left-leaning, right? Like, I am too, right? I, I tend to lead more left in the Democrat sense in the U.S., right? It just – mm-hmm. you kind of – in some ways, you have to because the Republican Party for so long was very, very much concerned only with either – Keeping corporates, corporations alive, money, and uh, keeping money in the hands of the the super rich, and and when you're probably a first generation or second generation Indian trying to make it to wealth, you 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 are looking for those areas so that um, you can build your own wealth, and then and and then when you build it, you want to keep it, right? You know, so you want the liberal policies to build the wealth, but when you get the wealth, you want to keep it and hoard it, and then you turn conservative for that reason. But I mean, what what I'll say is most Indians or Hindus, my generation, tend to lean left. And many of them lean like super left, like we're like to the point of like the woke world, right? Where I do not want to wade into um, like Sarah at all. Yeah, yeah, many. <laughs> many, <laughs> many, 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 many. Like a, lo- a lot of the professors, I would say like a lot of the um Indian uh background professors um tend to lean that way too. Um and I think partially it's 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 also drawn from the fact is growing up i think my generation um it, it it was much more difficult to be hindu or indian it was just cuz it was like i was said earlier it wasn't you're always the odd person out everywhere whether it was your religion because you weren't christian so even the other brown kids would make fun of you right so because like normally like you'd align with other brown kids but like they'd be like they make fun of you about not eating meat and make fun of you about like cow worshiping, um, Gandhi, all this other stuff. Right. And and then like you don't look like certain pop- groups of population, like languages you speak are entirely different. It, it, it is like your home life. Like I could tell mm-hmm. you this example and, and oh, we'll get back on topic. Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm diverting a little. I'll show you how bad I was, like how self-conscious I was. When I was a kid, when my mom used to come out, she wore a sari or a salvar. I'd mm-hmm. want her to either walk like 10 feet in front of me or 10 feet behind me. So that
0: Whoa.
1: we like, I, I would do that purposefully. And I felt, I feel terrible. At it my mom's such an amazing person. And it was just like when you're a kid and you're dealing with like these sense of identities and you're like, well, why is my mom the only person wearing that? And everyone else around me is wearing like something else. Like she's wearing a bindi, she's wearing a sari, you know, and she has like, you know, she looks different. Um, and, and I've always like, I was concerned about the eyes looking at us. So I would want that separation because it felt weird. And I, I, you know, I apologized to her later in life. And and she didn't, she didn't remember any of this, by the way. She was just thought I was just like, you know, you know, know, a rambunctious kid running ahead. But, (laughs) but, you know, this is, but these are the thoughts like, you know, we go through. Um, But in this sense, I would say like, look, the Hindu Americans, my generation are left-leaning. They think that somehow they are, they were, either oppressed' they're, they're both simultaneously oppressed by white people, and they are somehow oppressors of other people at the same time um in this in this world in some sense, right like and I'll get into that a little bit later. What I mean by oppressed by white people is like like, oh, we don't have representation we 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 don't have um our our, our experience talked about in the wider public, you know we're people of color. Um, You know, all this stuff. What, some of this is true, but like some of it's really not. I mean, like we are somewhat privileged people in this country, whether or not we've earned it. I mean, I think we have. I think for most large part, the Indian Americans that came to or Indians that came to the U.S. work very, very hard. Right. Like I just incredibly hard. And they're and they're putting in the time, the effort. They've they sacrificed so much of their own personal lives to to make it, quote unquote, in material sense that I think some of our generation um, takes for granted what they did and instead takes what they did to be simple, right? Like, like, like so many people will be like, yeah, you know, my parents worked hard, but you know, I have privilege. Well, I mean, anytime someone above you works hard, you get privilege, right? I I mean, but why is that a problem, right? This is what your parents work to do. Like, you know, you have food on the table. You're more privileged than someone that doesn't have food on the table. This is this game of like, who's more privileged than who is just going to lead to like nonsense, so I think part of this is the, the Hindu diaspora here feels the need to connect with other minorities are, are actually in, um, they have issues like uh, with the U S system, like whether it's black or Latinos, whatever it is. Um, so they feel the need to connect to them. So the way to connect to them is to kind of in some ways form a solidarity with them. And then also play this game of, um, well, uh, you guys are more oppressed than us and then we're going to take a step back and support you and be allies and so on. And I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do, but I'm just saying that's what's happening. And then what happens is they buy into everything the media says and anything anyone says about the India experience, the Hindu experience of of the world, whether it comes from India or it comes from, you know, Hinduism's own perspective. Now, I think the immigrants coming from India, they're – Nowadays, I think they're different from the, when when my parents came in, like when my parents came in, racism was much higher. Um, you know, Indians just started coming to this country. It was a very different world. This is like the 60s and you know, and the early 70s. The people coming in today are by and large, I think, coming from more middle class families from what I can gather, mm-hmm. uh, like more middle class, more educated. Um, the, and now they're coming under pure like use your tech opportunities. Um, in the tech industry. so they're they're coming for a particular purpose of of really like we want to make a life in the US. We want to get out of India, we want to make a life in the US. And I think my parents came in it was they had no choice. Like these same people in India today can probably find a job at Tata in India and get paid well relatively well for the Indian market and then and then live well in India. but coming to the US is that prestige thing. like well like when my father came, like he came because like, this is during the time of like, you know, I mean, now I put it in, in political context, like, you know, Bradman's can get jobs. It was tougher. It was harder. And all this other stuff that was going on. Right. So um, I think they, 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 they had to move out and, and they had to come to the U S or wherever they did to, to help pay for their families. Now, I think in India today, and they, and they were poor by the way. So my parent, my father's family comes from poverty. My mother's family doesn't, but my father's family does. Um, but I think a lot of people coming today are coming from middle-class and educated backgrounds to the point of, um, this is just an option. It's not like you don't have to do it. And and they come here and, and, and they come in with their political ideologies from, from today or, or the way the political world worked today. Um, and I think part of that is, is, is this is the internal grappling. India is dealing with its own identity, right? Which is whether it was the, the time of Congress was beneficial for India for its larger Hindu interests. Or was it merely playing this game of uh, we want to appease the, the we have to give the impression of being a Western liberal democracy and not really address the issues that our country needs to have addressed. And I think the people coming in today are grappling with that too. So, which is why you might find people leaning more towards the identity of being Hindu or Indian. Um, Not so much when my parents were around, which is you put your head down, you just do your job. And then like, and your indianness comes in on the weekend when you have a Kuta or you take your children to Bolivar. that's when your indianness comes in like and during the week you just you know you're 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 a worker or you're an entrepreneur whatever you are today it's i mean so i think that's one of the differences
0: so, so don't you think there is a problematic ideology then because then don't you think the diaspora over there on average has kind of failed in understanding the problem? Even for Hinduism, this is a problem because oh, yeah. if you are going to claim a victim status based on a certain worldview, then it is but natural that uh, you know they're not going to stop just at your entry point, which is the United States of America. Uh, they will naturally go back to your source route, which is India. And if you're going to look at it from an oppression worldview, they're going to go right back to the source and so so this is uh, this has always uh, been something that confuses me about the diaspora and i and i and this is where we need to talk about you know yeah so the caste experience which is why you know hinduism from an american lens now i've always heard this from people who have who are born and raised there which includes my wife is that look i was born in a society where i did not even know my caste it was never discussed in my house i did not know anything related to it it is now i'm of a certain age and all of a sudden um and i think the diaspora is to be blamed equally for this is because they played the victimhood card and now it it has kind of come back to bite them in the ass itself because you can't play the game and say no the rules don't apply on me no the rules are going to apply on everyone then you can't you can't say i want to be oppressed and (laughs) cannot be recognized as an oppressor at the same time So, so it doesn't work like that So, but then this is the problem, right? Now, if I'm living in India... I have been very clear. I'm I am someone who's always been pro reservations. So when it comes to the pre Mandal days, not the post Mandal days. The pre Mandal yeah. days were basically scheduled cast scheduled tribes get uh, reservations, and and I have never been intellectually sup- a supporter of you know post Mandal OBC reservations. I have my own reasons for that. I believe that was a political decision, while the one taken before was a historical societal very mature Hmm? decision to include a a humongous swath of Indian society that was just done a historical number on and and I think that was a justified position now the problem is when and look let's just face the facts that more than 90% of the Indian diaspora outside India especially in the United States of America if we do a caste consensus on them is from what would be classified as general category in India which is the so-called upper caste category now sure. whether they like it or not that is just a fact of life so when, yeah. then how does your experience as a hindu grapple with this problem where and and i and and again i'm not saying you personally are responsible okay. for it because i know you personally and you've always never been you know a supporter of this hard left-wing progressive idea of you know i want to be oppressed and also don't you think it becomes a problematic situation for hinduism and Hindus both, where you went to America, like you said, your parents' generation goes into America, they put their head down, they listen to the system, the system says, here's an opportunity, work hard, make money. Yeah. Everybody in that generation works hard, makes money, till the extent of, uh, I don't even say this with any ill will, or, in fact, I celebrate it that even if you look within the Indian diaspora, Hindus are the richest minority sure. in, in the United States of America, not maybe, Indian. Jains. maybe Jains, maybe Jains, yeah, could be yeah. because of uh, the 7 Eleven and all that, uh, you know, humongous motel money, too. Yeah. Maybe the Patels are there, but there are others also who made money. But the sure. point is, overall, Hindus or uh, the, the definition of a Hindu in India is anybody who's not a Muslim, Christian, Parsi so sikhar hindus <laughs> so the indian definition of hindu is a negation right if yeah. you're not muslim christian parsi jew you're in you're hindu in india yeah. as per indian law so my understanding is i was i was including jain in that indian definition yeah, yeah. so i just want to clarify so in such a scenario don't you think american hindus have harmed hinduism in playing well, the oppression
1: card yeah i mean first of all i think most american hindus don't know anything about Hinduism. Um, they've probably never, again, I mean, people might get pissed off at me about this, but they probably never read a text, right? Like, you know, at best they've they read the Wikipedia version or whatever, Washington post or, uh, um, you know, these various people uh, write about it. A Huffington the post probably, they read the post article then pass that on. But I mean, I think most people don't have a sense of what any of these things mean. Um, so when you talk about caste, um, like, unlike your wife, I I didn't know my my I, I guess I don't know whatever Aingar is. I still don't know if it's if it's a caste or jati or or varna. I, it's part of a varna, but all I knew was just I'm Aingar, right? And I, I'm sure most Patels in America knew there were Patels. They were Chobis Khan Patel, they were Pachas Khan Patel, whatever Khan Patel they were, they were Patel. They knew they were Patel, like and Bhaktas knew there were Bhaktas right? They're, they form these communities around each other. There's Bhakta groups, there's Patel groups, there's groups within like this Telugu Association, Thana has like multiple groups within it. Um, so maybe other groups were more conscious of their communities and their relationship with each other. Because I do know but from my understanding, like groups like Tana, um within it, people did understand there's caste dynamics. I, I, that I don't know because I was only, I would go to events with Thana, but I was never part of it. But within my own life I did not know caste of others or anybody else. I just knew my community and what that community meant right to to us what those traditions meant so but well, what I think is going on is first of all like m- my generation intermingling cross caste right so one of my first so you, your your question is obviously your's two part which is like how do you deal with the 20 the 90 percent of uh, Indians or Hindus in the US are all, from upper caste or uh, that category. And and there's I'm sure there is a there is a historical explanation for why it, it probably was driven that way and a variety of reasons. Like, you know, most of these people educated were pre-mundled days. They came from probably backgrounds that that promoted education, got access to education, uh, had access to the degrees that would magically at that point, which they wouldn't know, would have been beneficial to come to the US or UK or whatever it was, right? Like, which is yeah. engineering or math and, and those kinds of degrees right? Um, so there's a historical basis for that. But when it comes to um, my generation, we're, we're marrying across the board, right? Like, I don't think anyone asks anyone's caste anymore. Like, what caste are you before you get married? I was so, I was married before. Like, right? so I got married, my 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 first wife um, was later, I find out like Mudaliar, right? So that's a particular community. I don't know where that community stands in relation to um, the larger Indian community uh, you know, caste hierarchy or whatever it is, I didn't care. Like, I just married a woman that I I wanted to marry at that time. So um, I think like caste doesn't play a role in most of my generations, like day to day, or even marital or um, eating habits or any of that stuff, right? So my concern is always when when people tell me that the that caste matters here in this country to us, I had never seen it. I've never seen it. Um, I mean, in my generation, I, I will say maybe there was something in in immigrant generations because some of that might come with them. I don't know, and I can't again be privy to that completely. I, I'm just not like friends with that many like immigrants in in the way we always hang out together. Um, so, I mean, that that's one of my answers. The other answer I, I would say is um, to the question about the oppression aspect of this is, yeah, you know, look. The problem is also, like, the way we consume media today, especially from the Diaspora perspective, is really controlled by your your major international, um, you know, your media houses, BBC, your Al Jazeera, your, you know, uh, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, whatever we watch here. And pretty much anything that comes from those guys at this point, even New York Times and, you know, is very, like, I never I don't see anything good about India or Hindus coming out of there. It's always anytime something comes out, it's always about some evils of caste, some rape issues, some some massive problems. There's like it's just constant like as if that part of the world is this 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 shit storm that's just circling the 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 drain, right? And and the problem is like when Indians here go to India there they never lived in India proper, right? They, what they live is they live in cultured, curated lives. They go hang out with their families. They get in a car, go from point A to point B. They spend time with their family somewhere else. They go sightsee. They don't really have relationships or friendships with people in India that aren't their family, right? So part of that becomes your understanding of the Indian world is either curated through those family brokers. And then if you are wealthy and you do spend time or like, for example, like the media people that go to India and interact with other media people, you're meeting a particular class of people that have already a preconceived notion about the world. So your your world is limited. So for Americans, to, for Hindu Americans today in the US, we naturally, for most part, feel like, well, we don't want to be associated with that caste nonsense. So how do we distance ourselves from that? Well, the way we distance ourselves is saying we're part of privilege, we oppressed somebody else we need to like fight for them part of that i understand and the other part is 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 saying well in this case we're be- being oppressed right by the, the united states or um the wider culture so we have to support those that are being oppressed in, in in that sense so either side what we're doing is supporting other people that aren't us right our interests our values are never aligned because we don't know what those are like for us, and I, I think for Hindus, like in this country, they have a difficult time saying, this is what we mean. This is what we stand for. This is what our our position is. Like Hindu American Foundation does do a good job of trying to lay out that path, but they're, they're only one organization, right? Like it's one organization to represent what, like, like 2 million people, 3 million people? Um, and Hindus here don't really um, get together... I am seeing it happen with the immigrants getting together to try to do politically action towards Indian or Hindu interests, but my, my generation, I don't. And sadly, like it just, I think it stems from the fact that a lot of them see Hinduism as this, you know, uh, kind of thing. Um, and it, it, it it's true. Like, you know, we, we believe that all religions are equal and, um, you know, like, That nonsense. Right. At some point, it's just like it's intellectually like like flaccid and it's on top of it. It's it's just it's not well thought out. And the moment like so I'll give you an example of what what happened with me. And um, it's kind of it's weird to me because it it is a a situation. I was part of um, a, a South Asian community, like a professional community. And I remember talking to them. And one of the things I said was like, okay, so we're South Asian. So what about our events as South Asian? Like, are we discussing things in South Asian? Or is it just because we're brown? Because if it's just because we're brown, then why is it South Asian, right? Like, what makes us so uniquely South Asian that we need to have a separate group for us? And this is what I'm saying is, like, if, like, the diaspora does not know if they want to align themselves on skin color or culture. Because if it's skin color, then we're just all brown, and then we could just be like Hispanics we should, or, or blacks or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. if it's culture, then what matters here? Is it doesn't matter, like, does our Hindu culture matter? Does our Indian culture matter? You know, like, and this is where I think, like, we don't think that way through. We just want to be like hunky-dory, kumbaya, my, all, my Lord. Everyone, let's get together. We could all, you know, like old hands. And I'm fine with that. But the thing is, let's also understand there's differences in how we engage and what we're what our needs and wants and desires are, right? Like, at some level... There there's fundamental differences and, and it can be overcome, but we can't just overcome it by washing it under the rug.
0: So, so what do you make of this UC Davis thing of recognizing caste officially? I remember Razib, uh, I'm, I'm going to read uh, Razib's tweet here. Okay. Razib says, many Indian Americans I know didn't know their caste. Indians from India often knew based on their surname, but the people themselves didn't know. They had to Google their name, etc. As adults, American institutions want to make this shitty institution a thing here too. Are is that your sentiment too? <laughs> I, I think large
1: part. I think. I mean, that's right. I mean, even surname is difficult, right? Like someone's name is Kumar. Like, what? Who, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Who, what community is Kumar, right? Like, yeah, if your name is, like, you know, you uh, know, I know who you, what community you are. But, like, if your name is, like, Kumar or, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, um, or, you know, like, I don't know what community you are because, like, people have different communities have these different names. So, yeah, I, I would say large part, like, I have no desire to bring caste here. Like, there's no no basis for me to want that. It, that doesn't serve any of our purposes in this country. And frankly, it doesn't serve most people's purposes in India. Like, and, and this is like my big concern is, I mean, not my big one, but one of the issues I also have is most of the people have, that are like cast wanting this cast thing. And it's, it's like this world of like, and some of this might be Brahmins, you know, like they say this a lot that they want their, they want the, the caste system uh, to continue and or or the varnada to continue but my problem is no one ever practices it like it's the selective selective memory of what it is like we well first of all like we left india we lose our caste, dude we we traveled across the ocean and how how is our caste still around um why do we have the rights to, to that particular community and look we want to pick and choose the the things that benefit us and not and probably and that's part of the problem of like this caste issue is no let
0: me let me maybe push back a little over here so you know what i have seen sometimes is it's not like there is no caste consciousness i think there is casteism i'm not saying it's it is nothing in comparison to what casteism i have seen in india i mean casteism in india is i mean it's at another level let's just put it that way but yes if you are from a certain caste, and I'm telling you, this is not a Hindu phenomenon. <laughs> you will see with yeah, the community. See, people don't realize they just say that oh 90% of Hindus are from general category. How many people have the guts or the balls to say that around the same number, if not more, are just jet sikhs in in America and Canada? They don't they don't talk about that, right? That is also a caste hierarchy, by the way. I mean, how sure. many of them would have the guts to say, oh, the Ramgadiyas or the Ravidasiyas, when they go there, they're not allowed inside yeah. Gurdwaras, many times they're not allowed to become, you know, they have, a separate uh, they have their own separate yeah.
1: Gurdwaras. So
0: th- that's the thing. So, so how do you think the diaspora and American Hindus need to deal with this reality? See, shunning it away and saying, like, I- I'm sorry to say, uh, I'm not saying you do it again. Yeah. That's why I'm talking to you. But there is a section within the diaspora that is, you know, using decoloniality and trying to outvoke the o- woke. You know, they, they, they are spinning yarns and yarns of apologia around it and saying, oh, this is a British construct and blah, 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 blah. And and, and then the fact is, <laughs> you know, when you go woke, it's going to come and bite you in the ass. And they're trying very hard. So, so don't you think they eventually harm Hinduism itself and Hinduism in America?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so. So, I mean, like, look, I, I mean, you and I have discussed this before. And I, I, like for me, decoloniality or critical race theory, these are legit crit- critiques of systems. It, it, they're good deconstruction tools to apply to infrastructure and, and superstructures of a society or a system of thought or to really address it, now, and, or even literature, for, for example. But, but the thing I would say is, when you try to build a positive theory around this stuff, it's it's going to fail. It's going to be problematic. So um, for me, like, yeah, I mean, like I, I've argued this very clearly before. I, I do think the modern caste system is a British construct. Now, I, and but I'm very clear at also saying that Varna and Jati are very, very much not a British construct. Like this is historically Indian Hindu. It's, it's built into all of India. I want to even say Hindu. It's built into all of India. Right? whether you're Muslim, Christian, Sikh, Jain, uh, Hindu, whatever, it's built into the core of India, um, of Varna Jati. There has been absurd discrimination throughout history. Now, the difference, I would say, between the discrimination of something like the British versus the British caste system versus the Varna Jati system earlier is the British caste system codified and stri- uh, stratified everything as a fixed category, which means if you're a part of a lower class, you are always part of a lower class. From time immemorial, you will always be treated this way. Like Varna Jati's system had this, as much as we can hate it, and, and that's up to you, is they had this certain level of flexibility, which people like Cynthia Talbot and other scholars write about, even like Donald Davis and many scholars, they they address these issues of the complexity and diversity of this, of this tradition that people would move up and down depending upon like the times, like you know, you'd have certain communities that became kings and rulers, or shudras and and whatever. Um, and then they would rule for you know, like if you actually look at historically, like there's maybe three or four brahmin kingdoms, probably no Vaishya kingdoms really, but there's mostly shudra and, and chaturya kingdoms. There's a lot of those two. So historically, the the power diffusion was was fluid. But once the British came in, they really just codified everything. And w- it, when you're part of this category, you're that's it. And I think that is the problem that I think decoloniality is addressing, which I think is fair. Now, the problem is also it comes into is when all values become subjective. And I think that itself is not Hindu, right? The Hinduism from the very core has objective, clear values, which is why the whole the term rita is there, right? The natural law, the flow, there's something objective about it. Now, dharma, which is kind of, we would say, a substrat of rita, is... Not subjective, but subject to understand. It's difficulty. Mm-hmm. This is the whole Mahabharata context, right? Like, you know, yeah. there are queer virtues. In, Mahab- in, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna, or Krishna says, ahimsa satya, These are virtues and values that are objective. That
0: one much strident. It, it, it isn't relative what no. people want it to be.
1: No, but it's contextual. But it's not yeah. relative, it's contextual. Something might be wrong, but you might need to do it, but you still have to suffer the karma. It doesn't make it not wrong. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, no, it's, nonviolence is the goal. But it's again, it's not the Jain nonviolence. Again, there's a very different nonviolence. But the vi- nonviolence is the goal. But we know to live in the world, we can't do nonviolence. We have to commit violence. Every act of every day, of every moment is violence of some sort. Breathing, and this is happens in the Mahabharata, breathing kills infinite beings. You know, Arjuna makes this argument to Yudhishthira, when Yudhishthira wants to give, uh, walk away from the... the the kingdom after the war because he's guilt ridden so the idea is that context drives what we should do it doesn't change what the objective value is right and i think like we have to recognize we have objective values objective values that matter that mean something and that are built into the nature of of now Ultimately, if you want to get to Vedanta, then we can say like values and virtues. None of this matters because you're beyond the realm of the universe. But that's a whole other conversation.
0: Yeah. So 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 let's start taking a few viewers questions. So this is very interesting. I'll start with this. Why? So see, somebody has raised this. Why should Indian Hindus be ever forced to explain themselves to people of other faiths? This is something we are dealing with and will overcome ourselves. So I'll add to this. But the problem is so I'll let me lay it out a little bit for you. So we are living in a very weird society right now because, look, you and I, uh, at least anybody who's 35 and above, lived in a world without the Internet. So what used to happen in a local area stayed in a local area. Now, let's take this, you know, whole Cisco cast case or UC California or something that happens in a corner in India because of the Internet. Every issue now, if it trends, becomes national or global. Every issue. So for some absurd reason, what happens in India and and this is something that I find stems from racism in America or, sure. or correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel this is some kind of racism. I have never seen Angela Merkel making a decision and German Americans having to answer for Angela Merkel. But in the case of the Hindu diaspora, oh Modi did something. Farm laws. Let's talk about farm laws. What the hell have you got to do with the farm law over there? Or something happens pertaining to Hinduism in India. It's a Hindu problem and it's a local Hinduism problem, right? Why do you sitting in America have to answer for a Hinduism issue of india why can't there be two subsets of hinduism there is american hinduism there is canadian hinduism there is british hinduism and there is india hinduism why yeah. is that where do you think the diaspora has failed or is struggling
1: well and i said this before is number 1 the diaspora doesn't know anything about hinduism and what they do have learned about at least the theories of hinduism or the ideas behind doing like a despite like the little pujas they do at home the only thing they know about Hinduism is from what they're, they're taught by their schools and the media. Like most people do not do any research or study of their own. So like, like, like for me, this whole reason I did, I did my podcast mirror media, right. Is I want people to learn about Hinduism, Hindu thought Hindu, so on and so forth. Um, So we do long form podcasts on this, but Hindus in America won't watch it because for them, it's not even, it's not relevant, right. It, it, for them, it's, it's, for them the temple the 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 point the extent of being hindu i would say for most people i have met is like oh my god like i mean like you wear bindi i wear bindi too for like the weddings it's so pretty this is like hinduism right like 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 you ask them to say one shloka most people can't say a shloka and i'm not saying everyone can or should or or like you you show them like certain gods they don't know anything right like there is a certain dearth of knowledge i'm not saying every hindu growing up in, in america is there's a there's a small group of hindus that do Bharatanatyam, that do classical music that, that are just exposed to the cultural aspects of it but even they are woke by the way like it, it comes to a point where they they follow people like tm krishna um because somehow he's like this virtuoso genius that has this ability to to think on multi-levels and and understand everyone's pain you know it just it's it's just nonsense, right? He's he's a musician, and he's done some work in music world. I mean, like, so I will say this. I will say the diaspora has no sense of what Hinduism is because they've never cared about it. Like, the, the, the my generation, in America, the ones I know. Again, this is a very small sample size. There's probably someone, a group of people in, like, New York or, or Jersey who are like, you're wrong. We have this robust community of Hindus. And and probably is. I, I just can speak from my experience. Um, and I will say, like, on top of that, like the fact that you know we consume content in a way that we want to feel as if we are um, you know, so so let's put it this way das. Just you know, he came out recently with his like piece, whatever it is, right? Like, you know, but but this is the thing: Indians in America will feel like they need to respond to that, right? Like, oh, the the tale of two Indias. I'm like, why? You know, why do we need to respond to it? Like, I mean, I get it. He's the, the he's doing it in the U.S. He's doing it to a U.S. audience. This is not something I I don't know. Maybe he'd do it in India. I don't know. But the reason he does it to the U.S. audience is like you get. That woke points for it, right? What much more, and I think part of that today is this, this, this pushing. And I don't, by the way, I don't think the only Hindu community deals with with um, having to respond to India or the issues that happen within Hinduism. I think Muslims, a large part, sometimes do have to respond in the U.S. to to issues. So it's of, a brown
0: people issue, right? But white people who migrate I think, from Western nations don't have to. I, yeah, I
1: think it's an issue of of non-Christian non-Christian brown, right? Like, so Islams would have to respond uh, whether you're white, brown, whatever, but like Hindus would have to respond whether white, brown. But I mean, it's a Christian country, so they can justify, you know, Catholic priests fiddling young boys, but they can't justify, you know, uh, um, a- other issues, right? Like whether it's going to be that the caste in India or whatever it is, it, it just, it's weird, but it's natural because they just don't know themselves, right? Americans are, are the group of people that are not very informed about the global, World, right? The Rickshawala in India probably knows more about uh, geopolitics than you know the average person in America, right? And, and so I, I, I will say, like, it stems from the fact that Americans don't know much, so we have to always explain ourselves, and, mm. and 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 that's it's from ignorance, but that's okay. You know, I can I can deal with explaining. I can't deal with being explained to about what my tradition or what my history or what my people are, which you know certain scholars you know, uh, out of Jersey tend to tell us all the time.
0: All right. So so uh, someone has asked, do you think American Hindus are more apologetic, ashamed, clueless, superficial about their own religion compared to other communities with respect to their culture? So here is, I, I think is
1: interesting. I think there's a lot of Hindu Indians are, are cultured insofar as they probably did Bharatanatyam. They probably did uh, music. They learned, you know, something like that. Um, and uh, they're cultured that way. I mean, that's that's fine. But as to understanding like religion uh, or Hinduism, no, they don't know. Like they don't know the first concept from the next concept. Like you know, uh, they don't know what dharma is. They don't know what karma is. They don't know like fundamental ideas of samsara. You ask them what samsara is, they don't. They think it's samosa, maybe I don't know. Um, it's just they're lost as to like like if you ask a Christian what the rapture is. He knows what the rapture is, right? You, oh yeah, this is when Jesus comes back, you go to heaven. The, if you ask what the Eucharist is, they know what the Christ, uh, Eucharist is. You can't ask a Hindu, do you know? Do you, if you ask them, do you know what a yajna is? No, w- w- what is that, right? Most people don't know that, or you maybe they know heaven, maybe these terms, but yeah, you know, it, 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 it's a very, um, it's cultural, but there's no tradition or religion behind it. Mm.
0: All right. So, two more questions here. So, first one is how common are interrace marriages in second generation American Hindus now?
1: I'm married to a white woman now. So, I
0: moved up the chain. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> no, you, you you are living the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> no, it, it's it's actually pretty common. So, like I have a lot of friends and family that are both married um to multiple races, you know, Asian, black, uh, Indian, um, uh, white, you know, I I think in the, in the U S what it is, is like, again, because you're not as tied into your cultural practices, like, you know, um, your dress, your eating habits, your, your, your everyday aspects of your existence, like the ability to, to marry other communities is, pretty pretty prevalent um and it's it's kind of cool in america because now you're part of the a mixed mixed family right like which is you get you get the best of both traditions is how we see it you get the best of like american white tradition or you get the best of you know indian hindu buddhist Saint, you know Zeke, i mean uh, jain sikh all these traditions you get the best of those um now i mean there are there are there are also grievances with that because like a lot of times I think sometimes the kids come out with a sense of loss of identity. Um, they they don't know fully like where they belong. Um, so, I mean, so this is an interesting phenomenon within the American world is like, if you have any blackness in you, you're automatically black. Um, and that's how they identify. So, but black Indians are interesting enough. They tend to choose which one they go with. Like if, if you're black Asian, you always do tend to go with black. Like, you know, if like Tiger Woods, he identifies as black, right? Like, you don't hear about his Thai side, you hear all Kamala about his. Black. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but like, but, but she, she switches over, right? Sometimes it's my chitty's this, my chitty's that, which is fine. That's yeah, but okay. she needs
0: money too, right? So please be there. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So, but, but this is where I think people lose, like, it, it over time, when it ends up becoming. The, so, people need to understand also, Americanness is about pop culture, it's about the distillation of any any like concentration of any anyness it's then it becomes just a mess right it's about this mess of different things coming together
0: yeah so so another one was the from the same viewer, viewer is is the hindu this is a very interesting question by the way i love this is the yeah. hindu experience different in red versus blue states or is more urban rural so
1: yeah i i, I this perspective i think it's actually the red versus blue states doesn't matter as much. It's actually like um I would say more connected to um economic class within regions. Um so like there are there's a huge like for example in the Silicon Valley, right? Like there's what's is um there's a huge group of Hindu Americans, Indian Americans that are and I don't mean to use them synonymously, so I apologize. Um but that are much more conservative, right? They're looking to, 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 to cut down taxes, to support these movements like Jersey, right? Which is generally a very democratic area. That's where I think the area uh, the, 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 the Hindus for Trump came from a large uh, part of that population. Right. So this is, it's also about like economic status. And I think primarily what drives a lot of people is also from the immigrant community is how India is treated or, or, or presented by per, political parties, right? So the thing is, the Democrats have done a terrible job of rep- representing India. Liberals generally have the past, like say, ten years. The Republicans mm-hmm. have just been quiet about it, like whether or not they harbor bad, bad, uh, bad intent. No one knows. They're just
0: quiet about. We it. We hate you, Heathens, but we need your vote and money. So that's
1: okay. exactly right. We're not going to say anything about you now, but we're just gonna, you know, we need you right now. So I, I think there's like, so that's why they're they're shifting more. But ultimately, like, look, the. The, the the party of the republicans is a somewhat christian party um so we always have to go, grapple with that um but yeah i mean like again this is why it's so important i think for for indians i mean for hindus really to learn about hinduism and i think you do a great job of you know your 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 podcast plus your i think your sunday morning um conversations on going through texts um like it's very important to understand ideas and concepts and, and and the way we think about it. like again like people that think that the caste system was a system the way we think about it, like again you read something like Mahabharata the entire text is about grappling with caste right or, or varna jati it's what is a Brahmana and there's like four different definitions of what is a Brahmana what is a Vaishya what is a Shudra and they're con- mm-hmm. constantly conflicting with each other right we do the Shudras position versus Bhishmas versus you know everyone else is in the text right so like for me, like I read the texts, like I I read them in Sanskrit. I, you know, I, it, it takes me a while, but like, I try to read these texts. I try to like do this stuff because I want our, I'm concerned about the generation after me and my own generation of, of what we're going to think and what we're going to view about our own traditions. If we don't have knowledge of what they say and don't understand the world views, right? Like the, the simple, like, you know, the jane idea of um you know uh what's it called again uh, anikavad right that's a brilliant freaking idea yeah anikantavad right we don't have why aren't we learning that anywhere right and why aren't people within the diaspora learning this like they don't know this stuff and and again it's like when you talk about india now everyone thinks it's fascist it's this and that but the pure research poll that came out shows a very different world too I, and I, again this is the the problem is the image of India or image of Hinduism presented vis-a-vis Western lens. And I do agree with with the decolonial uh, decoloniality people here is the Western lens has shifted the window in which the diaspora views itself.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, okay. Here's another question. The depiction of Hindus in North American movies show... Or shows is uh, is the depiction of Hindus in North American movies or shows also another reason the religion is misunderstood a lot. The depiction, for example, the depiction of India in the Temple of Doom is a classic example. By the way, I, I just want to add, I think Apu was a great character, and I think I that love whatever that uh, uh I'm just kidding, your variety. <laughs> that guy, the stand-up comic who did it, that was hey, ridiculous, by the way, for the record. Yeah, yeah I I I look, I liked
1: Apu. Like for me, like I thought it was it did a brilliant portrayal of like a real situation of like like a somewhat real guy. Like he he represented the Hindu Hindu points very well. He represented the immigrant mentality from India very well. I mean, fine, it was a white guy voicing it, but does and this is the same problem that we're running into today. Can a straight guy play a gay guy? It's acting, right? Isn't the whole point of acting you do something you're not? I mean, or do you (laughs) <laughs> or do you only have to do what, like, if you're white, you only have to play white. I mean, this is where I feel like we're losing the the the, the game on this. I know, like, South Asians love to say we're not represented in, in American cinema or movies, whatever. I, we're very represented. But we're just, mm-hmm. like, even when we have the, the opportunity to represent ourselves, we represent a caricature of ourselves. Like, like there's nothing unique about, like, everything gets broken down in american context to clothes food and that's primarily about it and then like nagging moms for indians right like nagging mother nagging mother-in-law uh, tropes it's really food dance and like what you wear that's really what it means to be indian and and i think that's there's something wrong with that there these are material elements of a culture which are fine but they're material elements they don't form the basis for a cultural mindset a cultural viewpoint, um, a culture's, like, you know, worldview. And I think South Asians in America have broken down, and I, I again, I, it's a term I hate, but whatever, um, have broken down what it means to be Indian to simple material elements. And they've lost the sense of hin, even Hinduness. And, and I hate to use the word, like, it is synonymous in some sense, because in Hindu society, Indian society is pervasive with Hindu thought as much as we want to say otherwise you know or certain people will say otherwise it is the foundation of india is hindu thought right whether we want to consider whatever whatever we want to say it just is so ideas within the hindu framework are never transposed are not transposed into what we consider culture in america and i think that is a problem except for namaste and and let's do shavasana today you know
0: yeah that That is also called some absurd things. So one last question, and then maybe we can wrap it up. Do you think Hindu representation in humanities is less because parents in the United States of America want their kids to be doctors or engineers?
1: <laughs> Look, I mean, we, we can't take away for, for the fact that um, money and prestige are important driving elements in, in, in human, um, especially in our modern culture, human world. Right. Like mm. we want we want to have money we want to be able to live well we want to be able to buy the nice car and the nice house have the good spouse and and all that requires a level of wealth and prestige right now um and, and 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 look job security is there too right if you go get a degree in in sanskrit or if you go get a degree in world history or you know whatever it is you're doing the prob the possibility of you getting a job based on that is not as good remotely as getting a degree in math or CS or biology or it's just the, the job market's very different. So, and and on top of the prestige that comes from what are, what they term the hard sciences is um is pretty, it's pretty, it's much higher than going to get being a professor, especially in the diaspora of history or, or sociology or humanities. Right. Like, and I think that becomes a problem and it's, it's shown to be a problem over time because we have let, Um, our entire uh, ecosystem of thought, not just here, but in India globally, be basically run by, you know, mostly white people, um, you know, uh, that, and then, and then what we would call white adjacent or what they would call in their own terms. Hey, you're white adjacent now. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm white adjacent, Uh, but, but this is, this is where you flip the terms on everyone else. Like when you have like South Asian scholars who are very clearly leftist or, are much more aligned with the colonial views on things right for example like you know we could get into a lot of this stuff but you know we don't we probably don't have time for this but it's just like they tend to be like trust keys of the world right yeah but they're so, just so i i actually this was kids. going
0: to be my last question to you yeah uh you know um uh Okay, somebody has asked the question. I'll ask that. So is there a broad scale unity in Hindus like we see in Sikhs and Muslims where they seem to have a, str- a strong lobby to support and help each other in America? Uh, and I'll ask you why. It's a good question. I can mix it with what I wanted to ask you too. Talking about Audrey Shrushky, it's like Audrey just, you know, Audrey has some special love for India. I have to say, I mean, nobody loves India and Hinduism like Audrey does. I mean, and and she's the authority of the be all and end all. Like, yeah. Look, we, we messed up when we gave it away. We we, we gave the 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 keys to the house uh, to someone else to decide yeah. what is Hindu, what is not. And and recently, who was that lady? I forgot her name, who called uh, all of us parasites. How nice of her.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget. Yeah, Melinda, right? Or Melinda thing? or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So,
0: you know, uh, so as a fellow parasite uh, to another parasite, that is you. So, so. How do you think how much this recent attack on the diaspora, on the Samaj in general, do you think the Samaj is uniting? So,
1: yeah, I mean, these are related questions. So I do think that I think so the big driver right now, I would say, is the immigrant community. They're really driving the Hindu community in America to unite, which I think is brilliant. Right. Like it's um, it's it's well needed. You know, like I have in the past, I don't know, like year, man, I've gotten messages from people I did not know across the country, you know, saying, you know, we're, we're forming, you know, Hindus of San Diego. We're forming Hindus of, of different regions, like kind of bring the Hindus families together to try to work even at the local level, right. And school boards and in their education systems, in the local politics for Hindu like representation or Hindu like, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, identity, right? So you're, you know, what is it? This past month we saw, what was it, October? was October Hindu month for many, many, many states. I think uh, they passed resolutions driven primarily by, again, the 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 immigrant diaspora, not my, not my, not my generation. My generation, I think, is utterly useless for our cause. We're, 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 we're just, we're just, we're total ass clowns. Like, you know, all we, and, and I, I hate to be so like, angry at my generation and 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 i can't i can't um i mean look i can excuse them in part because we did have identity crisis and some people just Mm -hmm. chose a certain way and then our identity crisis was real and visceral because of being the second generation it's a much more it's much tougher to figure out what you are the third generation and the first generation have it easier because Mm -hmm. you know what you are and then by the by the time you're you're older in your second generation you've already figured it out and then your children get the benefit of that but my generation utterly screwed the pooch when it comes to uh, on Hindu ideas or or representing our communities. Like some people did a great job. Again, Suhaq, Suhaq Shukla, the, uh, the Hindu American Foundation. Suhaq is amazing. Yeah. There's, you know, like so many people did like really good things. But by and large, we, we did mess up. But I do think we are shifting the, because of the immigrants coming in now that the movement and some, some of us like other people better than me are doing things that are helping drive the unification of Hindus. Right now it's in pockets, right? There's Kona that just came out recently, I think, which is probably the one other big organization, which is doing good work too. But there's a real movement now that, you know, we have to step in and start fighting our battles, right? We can't expect Mm -hmm. that the natural, but I believe the tolerance and mutual respect of of Hindu society will eventually triumph because Satyamivajite doesn't occur without the power of danda. Like you have to have the ability to enforce tr- your 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 position in order for truth to win. Truth doesn't just magically win, you know. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Like it's all action. So I think this drive for action is such a great, great push. And I and and obviously there'll be some hiccups and missteps, but you know for, I, you know, I talked to a lot of these guys, you know, I, I've done, I hosted rooms on clubhouse and all that good stuff. And, and the, um both the Brown Pundits podcast and the Mirror Media, you know, part of this is like the driving of knowledge, the driving of, of having people be, I mean, not necessarily proud, but at least know about your traditions. And, and, and I mean, the one thing I'll say again, and, and I've said this to you before, that people need to like, it really blows your mind when you understand this is the Indian worldview or the world tradition, the Hindu world came up with roughly 25 million manuscripts that are still left to be translated, right? Mm -hmm. The entire Roman and Greek manuscript amount is 66,000. So in Indian level of manuscripts, until we get to the Gutenberg Press, we were the largest producer of knowledge probably on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. And yet our people know nothing about what we produced. Mm -hmm. There's just something about that, like... Like in the Western science, if, if you if I go study at um, say any university, I take a class humanities. I'm going to read Plato, you know, maybe excerpts of Plato. I'm going to read Aristotle. I'm going to read, you know, uh, you know, I, I might read um, Pyro. I might read, you know, um, you know, the Iliad, the Odyssey. I'll, I'll read Roman Greek texts at some level, get a grasp of what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. No one knows any author. Give me an author from uh, any writer from the fifth to you know zero century bce in india
0: most people can't give but, me anyone yeah basically there was only one good thing in india the Mughals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's also true on age of empires right because of all yeah. the the new game that came out from microsoft out of all the the different uh fans of indian history it's always the moguls
0: yeah so it, it is what it is and i think uh, um I don't know how to put this across uh I have this unique experience of living in the United States of America having family there having married one two and still have family there and living in India so I I have always said this like I have a soft corner for North America I think it's my second home yeah and and I know you're a proud american and I and i always uh, in fact that's one of the things that I've always respected about you like if if somebody would joke about america you'd stand up for america it's like bro i'm an american what the hell are you talking about <laughs> yeah. yeah so and we may suck the... but
1: we suck less than many other countries I mean,
0: oh yeah that... <laughs> oh yeah
1: uh, I, I know, always I know.
0: A... <laughs> yeah so so that's the whole thing and and i think that this is what people need to understand and and i i don't know uh, this you know this bout of self-hatred that has engulfed the united states of america and unfortunately the united states of america is the leader of the world whether we like it or not and yeah, yeah. when they become self-hating the disease spreads to the rest of the world and uh, the and if the world wants to save its ass the americans need to save their own asses is is just a fact of life and and uh, And in in, in such a structure and in such a worldview, unfortunately, you know, the Hindus got a number done on them and they never realized, you know, the cobalt, to use American lingo, uh, that was being thrown at them. And it is what it is. And now we cannot look back at the past. Only the community can look back at the future. But, hey, man, so we'll wrap uh, today's discussion up. But before we wrap it up, uh, you have anything else, uh, you know, any last words?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would just say to people like, you know, um, you know, this is a, it's a journey. We've started this journey a, a while back in the U S you know, just, you know, 50 years ago, the, the Hindu community here is, you know, still figuring out it's, it's fo- uh, footing and its place. And, and, and the only way we really do this is, you know, identity without, without having a basis in culture and understanding our traditions is just pointless, dumb dribble identity. Right. So don't be Hindu just because you believe you're Hindu. Learn about the text, learn about our traditions, learn about our culture, and then figure out if you like it or not. And then it's up to you. Right. At that point, but at least learn. And I think that is something we need to do in the U.S. primarily. I'll only speak for U.S. And and part of that is, you know, hopefully, you know, we have podcasts like yourself. We have Meru Media, mine and Brown Pundits. And then there's, you know, there's a few other ones that really do talk about interesting deep issues about what it means to be Hindu what it means to be uh, Indian or like in America or in um, India and, uh, and just the, the, the complexity of this. And it's, look, none of this is easy, right? Which is why we have in the Indian world, the concept of Dukkha, right? The fundamental, all this is shit. So how do we get to be less shitty and how do we get past this shit? So I think if we give ourselves a little bit of leeway and stop looking at everyone as being like oppressor oppressed, like, You've hurt me. I've hurt you. Let's just keep let's keep the hurt going, right? This is really what it is. Like this idea of like, you oppress me, so now I need to oppress you. Isn't that just part of the cycle? is that the whole point of like ra- racism, anti-racism? It's just going to be this same perpetual cycle. No one ever yeah. solves violence by more violence unless you use the violence to destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only way it works. I mean, it's not a solution. So I would just say like, listen, guys, learn. And um, I, you know, like thank you, Kushal, for your time. And I really appreciate you like listening and talking to me and um, it has been really cool.
0: All right, man. Thanks a lot for coming. I was, uh, you know, this was a long time overdue. So guys, we'll wrap today's discussion up. So, but before we wrap it up in the description of the YouTube video link or in the audio version, wherever, you're going to be listening to this or viewing this is going to be Mukunda's Twitter handle so please go and follow him on Twitter and also I've left the link to the YouTube channel of the Meru Media Podcast. Uh, you guys know the Brown Pundits anyway so please subscribe to both the podcasts and listen to them. The, they they have some great discussions both at Meru Media and at Brown Pundits. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, once again, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave a comment down there. Please support the Work Podcast monetarily too if you can, either by becoming a member on YouTube or on Patreon or by the Mo- merch on or kadak merch or just send your donations through upi i'll see you next week or if you are a member i'll see you on sunday until then namaste take care goodbye